The new Grad Physio podcast is hosted by Andy Barker, consultant MSK and sports physiotherapist, private practice owner and the founder of the new Grad Physio. Having experienced his own rapid rise from student to dream job just 15 months after graduating, Andy knows exactly what it takes to accelerate your skills and fly up the promotion ladder faster than you ever thought possible. Having previously worked in his dream role at the Leeds Rhinos as the head of physio and rehab, Andy now consults with a number of individual elite athletes and within professional rugby, football and dance whilst running his own group of private practice clinics. He started the new grad physio to help student and new grad therapists just like you overcome the specific challenges you face at the start of your therapy career, helping you to dodge the common pitfalls that can cause confusion and overwhelm with your clinical practice and stop you getting the patient results and the jobs or promotions you deserve. This podcast will deliver you actionable advice, will help you make sense of your patient assessments, reason your treatments and patient rehab to get results well beyond your level of experience. You will also discover what you need to do to open doors, to create opportunities for yourself, so you can enjoy the best possible start to life as a new grad physio. So, let's get started. Hey, it's Andy Bark here and welcome to the new grad physio podcast. So, all this week on my social media channels, I've been posting some content to help um, physios like you that are struggling with imposter syndrome and as part of that I was put together some images for you know for the for the post on social media and I typed in imposter syndrome physio just to try to get an image ultimately of a physio that's struggling that looks like they they have imposter syndrome and the top um sort of hit that came back when I when I put that in on, on Google was actually an article that I wrote for the Chartered Society of Physiotherapy originally back in 2022. So that went in their monthly magazine that's sent out to all the, the Chartered Physios, comes in the post, and they also put it on their sort of online um, version. So I originally went out in 2022. Uh, I think I got contacted actually at the start of this year, so the start of 2023, uh, by one of the, the team at the CSP and because the previous year it had been their most viewed and most read article online, they wanted to re-release it. So they re-released it earlier this year. I think it was around February or, or March time of 2023. But it got me thinking about, so I guess, more about imposter syndrome. And I actually reread that article that I wrote. And, and many of the things that I wrote are still true, but the, there's probably some key concepts that I didn't cover Obviously, I had a I had a limited amount of um, words to to obviously get across um, the points and the the help and advice I, I sort of put in the the article. And one of the big things, I guess that that was key, and I think is important to understand with imposter syndrome is it's not it's not just something that happens at the start of your career when you first graduate, but you will have episodes, you know, throughout your career. The last I guess big dose of imposter syndrome that I had was when I first went into camp with England rugby with a men's senior team back in the summer of, of 2021. Um, I'm not from a rugby union background. I've worked, worked very little in club rugby union, um, so don't know the game particularly that well. So going to that environment where it's the the top of the top level of, of sport, you know, international sport, um, was 
was a big challenge and something that I went in and the first few days there were a bit of a whirlwind and I was like, you know, I was driving down to the training ground down that based down near London and it, and it was, you know, three plus hour, three and a half hour drive, whatever it was. And it felt like about 10 hours. I was just so worried. It was almost like I was going for my first interview or, you know, first day at work all over again. Um, like I was a new grad again, almost. So, you know, it's not, you know, imposter syndrome is not something that's just going to happen you know, at the start of your career, it can happen throughout throughout your career, all those episodes will, will you know, for most therapists, become less frequent, and, and I guess less, um, less severe, if you want to put it that way, but that said, imposter syndrome for most people, and, and, and for yourself, it's likely to rear its head, first and foremost, when you, when you first start out, and it's going to be the biggest challenge that you're probably going to face when you, when you do first start out, and I know exactly how it feels, you know, when I first started out, I felt inadequate, and I sometimes questioned myself, you know, driving into work at the Leeds Rhinos, um, I questioned whether I had the ability to, to do my job well, and if I had, you know, really had what I thought it would take to actually become um, a good physio, you know, when I first started out, I wouldn't consider myself a good physio, if I look back to what I knew then, uh, to what I know now, I, I, I certainly wasn't. And the thing that I always struggle with probably the most, I've always had this um, mindset of, you know, I just work, I work hard. I did it at university, you know, I'm not the most intelligent naturally. I can't just read something and it being printed on my brain and have to read things over and over again. I'd go to university um, pretty much every day throughout my three years I'd get there an hour early before anyone else. I'd be knocking on the door to go and sit in the library to pre-read the lecture notes, the slides, the seminar, things we were doing that day, just so I could get ahead of the game. So when I was seeing it then in class, that wasn't the first time I was seeing the slides. I'd already have some questions ready for, for the lecturers because that is what I felt I needed to do. I, I almost had this mindset of, if I put the extra work in, um, it'll put me in real good stead. That obviously helped my learning because I needed to reread things and go over things multiple times for them to to actually you know go into my go into my brain as it was, um, and that carried on into my career. So some days, you know, when I first started working, it was almost I just need to do more work. I need to spend more time with the players or, or patients I was working with, give them more, you know, make their appointment slots longer. I need to read more. I need to do this, and and some of that was true, and and that really did did help me out, but. There were some days where, no matter how hard I tried, how much extra I did, I still wasn't getting the results um, I wanted. I, I didn't feel like I was giving the patients I was seeing it privately, the private clinic work I was doing, and the athletes I was working with day in and day out of these rhinos. I just didn't feel like I was giving them everything. And I, I would leave work or drive home from a training ground or from the clinic, and I felt unfulfilled. But probably the the worst part of that was I just felt like I was letting the players down, the patients down that I was seeing, and I wasn't giving them the level of service and the level of care that I felt I possibly could do, and I and I also the level of care that I felt they actually deserved. Um, and I guess if I look back now to that early part of my career, I had some great help, and that was a big reason that I was able to to overcome a lot of these challenges. But I look back now and even some of the challenges that I have now and working with some of the teams, you know, going to World Cups and there's some really challenging times and, and cases and um, and sort of days on the road that are, that are really, really hard and really, really challenge you 
you know, clinically and professionally. But I honestly think the first few years when you graduate are the most challenging part of, of your career. They certainly have been for me so far. And speaking to 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 any physio that I speak to, almost exclusively, you know, every therapist will say the same thing. And I think think about what happens. You leave uni, um, you no longer have that sort of student tag, that student cloak you can hide behind that lecturer to, to ask for help, that clinical educator to, to get a second opinion. You're alone, often isolated, you're behind that clinic door, you know, on your own. And because you're not getting the patient results you think you should be getting, you feel like an imposter. And I know it's tough, but I wanted to go through some things in today's sort of podcast episode just to help you out. So I think the first step in overcoming imposter syndrome is you have to accept that you are struggling you have to accept that you've got imposter syndrome that you are struggling so you know no one expects you as a new grad physio sports therapist or sports rehabilitator to have all the answers when you first start out but clearly you need a level of knowledge and skill and the ability to apply this knowledge and skills to real patients in the the real world and if you have graduated you'll know exactly what I mean if you've not quite yet you know finished at university you will find this out pretty soon but there is a gap you know sometimes a big gap in some of the skills and knowledge you learn at university and what you actually need to know to thrive not just survive as a new grad physio but I think the, the key thing here is it's okay to struggle. You are going to find, you know, have patients and athletes you work with that you struggle to find what's going on. The diagnosis, maybe you get to the end of that assessment and you're not quite clear what's going on or where to start with, with your treatments and rehab. And that's okay. But there's no use in burying your head in the sand just trying to think, you know, I'm going to forget about that. It doesn't matter. Things will just get better. I just need to see more patients, which is usually the... The mindset that a lot of therapists have, you, and almost with you know going to going to bed, closing your eyes, crossing your fingers, hoping I'll wake up tomorrow and I'll magically become a better physio, and that's, I guess, the mindset and uh, plan that that a lot of new grads actually have. But having imposter syndrome and accepting you've got imposter syndrome, it's going to happen to, to almost every therapist, particularly at the start of your career. And I actually think having imposter syndrome at the start of your career is actually a good thing. And you're probably thinking, Andy, what the hell are you talking about? It's not a good thing. It makes you feel like shit. It doesn't give you a great feeling um, You know, to, to walk away from work thinking that you've not done as good a job as you can. But the, the positive side of it is that it shows that you actually care. It shows that you actually want to make a difference to the patients you're actually working with. And I, I get it doesn't feel great, but if there's a positive out of it, it does show that you care. So those therapists that do walk away from work and don't really give two hoots about their patient not progressing and not getting to where they need to be and them not, you know, smashing that day at work, then they're probably in the wrong profession because, I, you know, I talk for myself and I probably talk for you where well, we all got into this industry because we want to help people out. And when you're not able to do that, it can be pretty heart-wrenching. It's pretty tough to, to sort of take. So I think having imposter syndrome is not necessarily a bad thing because uh, it shows that you care. It shows that you want to make a difference. The next step then is then trying to, to actually overcome that. So I know that trying to be 
that imposter syndrome and those feelings associated with imposter syndrome can almost feel never ending. You probably, if you if you're in that sort of stage at the moment, you probably feel as though it's never gonna sort of go away. And I I put a post out um, earlier this week about imposter syndrome being a little bit about when you you know when you step in uh, dog shit. So you step step in dog poo walking down the the road because that smell takes ages to to sort of go away and you know you just can't seem to get rid of it it's just there in your shoe and it stinks and it just won't go away but that said i was obviously using a little bit of a joke just to try and you know talk about you know imposter syndrome but in all seriousness um you know imposter syndrome is a is a serious thing and it is it can you know stall a lot of therapists in their ability to to actually progress their career and actually enjoy you know, going to work each and, and every day because you're going in, you feel like you may be failing a little bit and you're not giving those patients the level of care and service they deserve. And that's that's pretty tough, you know, whether you're working in private practice, patients are coming in, paying their hard-earned cash to see you, or maybe you're working in the NHS and you'll have patients that you're seeing that have waited months and months and months to see you. They've been in a waiting list. They get to see you and they just need help. Maybe work in a different environment, you know, and but wherever that is, you know, your patients come in, they need your help to, to take away their pain, to get them back to, to what they want to do. And if you can't help them do that, you know, it is really tough to take. But the reality is, if you're suffering with imposter syndrome, the first step is accepting you've got it. The next step is actually taking action and doing something because if you just continue to do the same things with your patients, the same assessments, the treatments and rehab, and, and you don't try to understand maybe what you're not doing as well as you could to get the best results you can with your patients, you're going to continue to get the same results. You're going to get those inconsistent patient results. Some patients get better. Some patients, you know, you're not really getting anywhere. Some patients you might actually flare up and, and actually make worse. And the physios, the new grads that, actually able to beat imposter syndrome are those same physios that take action. You know, I, I wrote this in a post again on social media earlier in the week and I and I and I use these exact exact words and I gave almost some self talk during the, the post saying, you know, enough is enough imposter syndrome. I do not like you. I'm going to beat you into the ground. And that is in essence the attitude that you need to have you know accepting that you've got imposter syndrome that you are struggling but then having the mindset that you actually want to do something about it to actually change to actually improve what you're doing as a physio to get the best results um you can with with your patients to start progressing your career and just finally not i want to stop it short of being a bit of a bit of a rant so um again as you'll probably be aware I work with and mentor a lot of um, therapists, you know, physios, sports therapists, sports rehabilitators through my new guy physio membership. And one of the things that, like I'm saying, we'll be careful with the choice of words here, but one of the things that probably frustrates me the most is that so many new grads, and that includes, you know, those that come into the end of their studies and those that have graduated or in those early years of, of their um their therapy career say the same things over and over to me they, they'll tell me their problems and challenges and that's why they 
you know, initially reach out to me for, for some help and I'll take that on board and I'll give them some help and advice. But one of the key things that I, you know, I always ask is, you know, what have you done so far? You've told me you're struggling with this, with that. What have you done so far to actually overcome those particular problems? You've told me you're struggling with your subjective assessment. Like, what is it you've done to improve that? You, you've told me you struggle with knowing what special tests are for the knee or the shoulder. What have you done to improve that knowledge and, and those skills? And in probably 90% of the, the cases and the therapists that I talk to, they've done very little. And I think one thing that I've learned over the last 13 years mentoring, you know, all types of different therapists at very different you know stages of their career is that you need to take action. You know, I sometimes really struggle um, with these type of uh, therapists to start with. And again, we can help work together and we can overcome, you know, these challenges. There are still obviously a small minority of physios that ultimately then decide they don't want help and they're going to do things how they've always been doing them and they'll continue to blame, you know, everything and, and everyone else for the problems that they're actually you know, if they're actually getting, you know, university didn't teach me X, Y, and Z, you know, my response to that would be, you probably need to spend some time learning X, Y, and Z. Um, you know, that clinic just won't give me a chance. They won't give me a job. They won't give me an interview, interview, etc. But my response to that would be, you know, get some feedback if you can from that employer as to why your application was unsuccessful and then do the work to, to make your CV and your letter of application 10 out of 10, not the 7 out of 10 that it was previously, which, you know, it's probably going to be the difference between you getting, um, you know, a shot, getting into that interview room or not. So I think taking action is probably the biggest thing I, I would want you to take away from this podcast episode. Yes, you know, identify the, the problems, the challenges you're facing right now, but ultimately, you know, you can whinge and moan like some therapists do um bury your head in the sand hoping that you know, magically all those problems are going to go away tomorrow when you wake up but you know that you know if we're being totally honest is not going to happen the therapist the best you know new grads that i see week in and week out that are you know thriving in their roles in private practice clinics in sport in the nhs are those that have you know decided imposter syndrome i don't like you i'm gonna do something about you I'm going to get rid of you. I'm going to put, I'm you know, willing to put a little bit of time and effort in and work to improve my clinical skills, my knowledge, so I can get the best results I can with the patients that I'm working with. Those are the therapists that, like I say, are thriving. They're not just surviving, going to work, you know, just trying to get through the day. Um, they're actually loving going to work, getting great results, well beyond their level of, of experience and, and years with the patients and athletes that they're working with and they're already you know one two steps ahead in terms of their career than a lot of um therapists are who graduated at the same time as them so i hope what i've covered in this podcast is gonna help you out just before i head away um to help you take action so i've talked a lot about you know taking action to help you you know move to the next step of, of your career and to learn the the sort of skills you need to do to, to progress yourself and professionally. To help you do that, I've opened a small number of free one-to-one mentoring calls. So these are 30-minute calls, and on the call, I can help you identify exactly what you need to focus your learning on 
to get the quickest improvements in your clinical practice and discover exactly what you need to do to start making real progress towards your dream job. So to book a call, you can head to neurophysio.com forward slash career hyphen accelerator hyphen session or you can head to um, the link that I'll put in the description or the show notes for this particular podcast just hit the link in my um, in the sorry in the in the show notes it'll take you to the page it's literally bobbing your name um, details including your phone number you can book a time and then I will give you a call at that scheduled time so I'd love to help you out so if you want a little bit of help and assistance please book a free one-to-one session just hit the link in the show notes and I will speak to you soon so that's it for the podcast for this week I really appreciate your time and attention and for, for, for joining me on this week's episode i hope you enjoy the rest of your day whatever you've got planned and i'll speak to you all again very soon thanks for listening to the new grad physio podcast before you head off i just wanted to make sure you did not miss this alongside his podcast andy posts a weekly blog on his website www.newgradphysio.com you can access all his blogs and loads more resources like his recent pdf the five breakthrough steps to confidently treat the shoulder right every time, avoid mistakes and stop you feeling less adequate than other new grads. This is Andy's most popular resource and has already been accessed by thousands of therapists just like you. To get a copy of this PDF or to get more information about Andy's upcoming courses or find out more about his new grad physio membership, head to www newgradphysio.com. Have a great day and we will catch you on the next podcast episode.